How about this fucking team right here? Dustin Brown, short-handed for LA. Score! Here is Goligoski. He gets leveled at the blue line by Dowdy. Speed for it, cheer for uh, kind of like it. On the right wing side, here is Defoe. Shoots, he scores! Battling through it, finally. No sense bitching, right? This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. Even though we don't actually play the music to the start of this podcast, when we start to record, I, I'm like always aware that it's on, <laughs> really, when the sound comes up. So now <laughs> I, I'm thinking about the fact that like, because of the big news today, I'm going to have to change all of that <laughs> for the podcast. Yeah, that's about to become obsolete. <laughs> yeah. So many things. Okay, so um, I guess we'll talk about the Kings' last two games or whatever, but first... It makes sense to just dive right into the big news. AEG announces that the Kings have fired both Dean Lombardi and Daryl Sutter. Are you surprised? I mean, we talked a little bit about it over the weekend amongst ourselves, but now that we know what is happening, are you surprised? No, <laughs> I am not surprised. I think uh, the only surprise we were talking about before is the timing of it all. Um, I did not expect it to be right after the season ended, before the playoffs even started. I thought, you know, maybe <laughs> yeah. in the middle if they wanted to make some waves or like, you know, after the playoffs were done and you start to shake things up a little bit. No, right now, fire sale. Let's go. Right. They didn't waste any time. Um, I don't, I'm pretty sure no one from the team has even left town yet. <laughs> like, it is all happening right away. It's pretty crazy. Okay, so what we do know is that Luke Robitaille has now been named the club president. Rob Blake is now the GM and vice president. So previously, Luke Robitaille was overseeing the business side, but now he's also like the business guy and president of the hockey ops. So a change there. At one point, there were rumors that maybe Dean Lombardi would not be the GM, but stay on as president and involved in hockey ops in some capacity. Not the case. He's gone completely. Um, There was a rumor this weekend that you saw first from Kelly Rudy saying that um, he was hearing that Daryl Sutter could be out, and then it turns out it was both of them. So for a minute, it was like, maybe it'll be one or the other. Um, maybe it'll be neither, it seemed like, for a hot second. But then it was like, just kidding, it's going to have to be somebody. Um, and it turns out it's both. So big changes, kind of kind of sad in a way, because it's like, you know, an end to an oh, era. Oh, absolutely. Like, as much as we might be displeased with how the last few seasons have gone, um, as much as me, we might be displeased with just... Dean Lombardi in general. Um, you can't deny the fact that the two of them together brought the Stanley Cup uh, to Los Angeles two times in three years. You know, like, that's that's never going to be forgotten. And that was a great time. Thankful for everything that they did. But obviously, as we've seen, um, that just hasn't been sustainable. Their, their way of doing things hasn't uh, continued to be well for the Kings, so it's time to move on. Yeah, I was, I think, of the two firings the most surprised by Daryl Sutter's being letting go or being let go because um, they had signed him for two years with an option for a third year uh, and it just seemed like they didn't really want to let him go but like all of the rumors and stuff kind of coming out recently have been more like it was less or, or I won't say less I won't, it wasn't entirely about his performance as coach and more that maybe he had overstayed his welcome like we've always been aware that his like, for as great as his system is and how effective he can be, um, he is kind of a tough personality to be around. 
not because he's necessarily yelling all the time or something like that, but just, you know, he's a really challenging person and he kind of picks and goads players and tries to get rises out of them and hopes that sparks their game and stuff. And they're really things that were valuable to the Kings in terms of how well he insulates them too from criticism in the media. But at the same time, it's like on the flip side, when you're at practice with him or something, he's probably needling at you. And I guess it's gotten to the point where people in the locker room were just no longer, either no longer affected by that or fed up with it. But it just seems like he may have lost the locker room. And so, you know, if that's the case, he can't really be effective anymore and the shelf life maybe of his what he's able to do just kind of ran out. Yeah, I mean, never forget the fact that the Kings locked him out of their locker room out of right, after yeah. a loss <laughs> and then when he went to go check on things, there were just like three full trash bins like <laughs> as an obstacle in his way. So obviously, it's been brewing for a little or there's always been at least a slight bit of tension. And you're right, for a while it 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 worked. You know, that little, the needling got people fired up and and got good results. But as of late, that really hasn't uh, been the case. And he hasn't been great about nurturing young players either. So I think that's also a problem. Um, But he's the one that I'm most, I don't want to say disappointed, but, you know, sad to see him go. It's a a bummer. I like Daryl Sutter, um, but it's, it's time. Yeah. I definitely at least still had some love for Daryl Sutter, yeah. whereas like with Dean Lombardi, I won't miss him at all for a second. <laughs> like he lost me pretty completely, I guess, since the Slava Voinov thing happened and the way that he dealt with that and responded to that. I was like, I'm over it. It was and even that obviously was less about the business side of it and more of like you presented yourself as one type of person and then you kind of revealed yourself to be not that person in terms of actually caring about people. Um when instead it was like, weirdly, his focus was on the wrong person. And then from there, it was like, on top of it, also, you were making bad contract decisions, and it kind of just lined up with the fact that the business side of it um, didn't, didn't, I I don't even say redeem, but um, couldn't protect him, I should say. Eventually, he wasn't effective anymore on the business side, so it was like, there's no other reason to keep you and I'm kind of glad because I just didn't like him anyway as a dude Um, so I will not miss him (laughs) yeah because he he like taught you know he talked a big game about caring about people and then when the time came you know that wasn't the case and yeah his priorities were all out of yeah that really kind of soured that uh, view that I had of him for sure yeah yeah because we were definitely two people like I'm pretty sure one of the first posts on our blog when we started it was about like being two people who really bought into the idea of culture and stuff that Dean Lombardi had put forth um and obviously we started this podcast and blog after the first Stanley Cup but before the 2014 win so it was like you know right in the midst of everything sort of being exciting around the Kings and whatnot we were fully on board with like the Dean Lombardi era of stuff and he just kind of eroded it and now I'm like to the point where when it was announced that he was fired I was like how exciting (laughs) For me. I can just imagine the cheers that uh, you might have let out. (laughs) I mean, I was at work, so I had to, like, pretend to be chill about it. But on the inside, (laughs) I was very hype. What do you think about, I guess, these first moves in a new direction? Rob Blake, GM. (laughs) What are your thoughts there? I honestly don't know about that one Um, (laughs) in terms of his experience and what he's going to do. I guess I don't have a very good read 
on the direction that he really wants to take the Kings because I never actually thought that he was going to be GM. So I guess bully for me on that one. Um, but I don't know. I guess uh, I don't, I don't want to like say skepticism off the bat, but I'm going to kind of say skepticism or just, you know, hopeful optimism um, that it's going to turn out all right. But uh, we'll see. <laughs> what about you? Yeah, I'm a little... I don't know if I should say I'm surprised because I, I guess it makes sense, you know, if they didn't have another big name ready to go, especially if they, for announcing it as soon as they did. It makes sense that the hire was internal, so there wasn't really a need to um, interview people or anything like that. It makes sense, I guess, from that standpoint in terms of how quickly they moved. But as like a guy, like I know he's sort of been around. He helped out with um, – the World Cup and Team Canada putting that together. He's obviously watched Dean Lombardi. He's, I guess, been in charge of the Ontario Reign. Um, but in general, it's like, I just don't know what qualifies him other than having been around and kind of still being the guy who was next in line now that Dean Lombardi's been fired. Um, so it's kind of a big question mark. And I guess we'll see what he's up to. But I mean, like, if his, if, you know, the person he's worked most closely with up to now has been Dean Lombardi. Should I get excited? I don't know. I, it's kind of weird. I guess it's just going to be like a trial run. Like, if he does all right, then it's like, well, cool. That was what an inspired idea to let him, you know, uh, take the reins of the Kings. And if it doesn't turn out so well, at least in, like, this next season, then it's like, oh, well, we only ever meant for him to be, like, an interim GM as we, right. like, put out feelers and, and try to figure out what we're going to do with the team uh, moving forward. So... Uh, the Kings as a whole kind of can write their own narrative that way, but it'll just be a very, you know, revealing and testing period for Rob Blake. Yeah, I think it's a it's good that basically that Luke Robitaille is the president also of hockey operations. So it does make that if they need to change things up a little more, it can be a little more seamless. Whereas like with Dean Lombardi, he was president and GM. So it was always going to have to be kind of a big move um, to make that change there. But yeah, having Luke kind of overseeing what Rob Blake's doing. I think if they do want to switch it up, they can. They have that flexibility. Um, so I'm, I guess I'm curious because I don't know what to expect from Rob Blake. And it could be very interesting or it could be weirdly mediocre and not great. I mean, the tough part, too, is it's not like he's taking the reins in, during an ideal situation. Like, the Kings have some tough contracts that they have to deal with. And they have some signings that they need to deal with as well before next season. Yeah. So it's going to be a challenge for him. He was not dealt an easy hand here at all. This is not going to be an easy transition regardless. So that's why I'm excited. Like, here's a a challenge and an opportunity. So I'm just going to try to be optimistic about this and, and see what happens. What do you think for coach? Do you want them to – because they have a couple options, right? They could either promote one of the other guys behind the bench because, as far as I know, they've kept John Stevens and Davis Payne. So they could promote one of them, make them head coach, yeah. or they could go outside. Do you have a preference for what you would want the Kings to do? Um, I think I would personally prefer for them to pull from the outside. Um, I'm afraid that Davis Payne and John Stevens, for as long as they've been around, have too much of a coaching style like Daryl Sutter, or it's just going to be too nuanced of a coaching change to really affect the Kings in any meaningful way. So I'd like to see, like, if this is what's going to happen, if we're going to fire Daryl Sutter and fire Dean Lombardi, uh, then let's go full hog. Let's get someone out, someone else from the outside, 
and see what they can bring to the Kings. So I would rather have an outside uh, coach personally. I agree with that. I think especially if part of like if the rumors are true and part of the issue was that the coach lost the room, I think it would probably be it would make the guys in the room feel a little better too if there was some more fresh blood <laughs> rather than okay, well we're just going to promote everyone that you already know and maybe some things will change, but who knows overall how much. Um so at least bringing in a few new faces would probably be good because especially in light of the fact that they've already made some internal promotions in those other areas. Yeah, so if, if like, Blake and Lombardi are going to – Lombardi. If Blake and Ro- – I'm so sorry, Luke Robitaille. <laughs> if Blake and Robitaille are going to uh, be your internal uh, promotions, then, yeah, I definitely agree. Like, that part is going to stay the same, so something needs to change. Um, yeah, this is going to be – that's going to be an interesting one. Do you have a particular coach that you have in mind that you'd like – the Kings to grab because there have been a few firings and there's a, a few people that have yet to be fired, but it's looking like they'll They're probably going to the be uh, let go. Yeah. Oh man. I don't know. It's really tough because I feel like at least so far, the ones who have been fired or who have retired, I mean, it's always weird to think like a guy who just failed at his job could be the person who was right for your team. Yeah. Um, but of course, you have to keep in mind the nuances. So I don't have any front runners in mind. I think of all the ones who have been let go so far, the most interesting for the Kings would be like Lindy Ruff, if only because if they do keep, you know, they have John Stevens around, um, the defense is pretty solid. Like you can still keep a lot of the philosophy that the Kings have believed in for a long time now, but then add a coach maybe who is a little more offensive minded. Um, and that could be interesting. I don't know if it would be the answer, but I think it would at least be a change um but other than that i don't i don't really know just don't get willie desjardins because we don't want to be the canucks actually oh i think that's the the chant of every nhl team right just don't be the canucks (laughs) yeah Yeah, so that's really my only thought so far and i feel like i gotta take a closer look at everybody who's around um to see who i would want to have here i don't know is there anybody who you think would be interesting um i like the idea of lindy ruff um i haven't read too closely about it so i can't really give like names in particular but i've heard some people talking about like oh well maybe this is a minor league coach's chance to make it in the big leagues you know kind of a turning of the guard and give someone who's done well in like oh the ahl or one of the minor leagues uh, a chance at the nhl uh, because at this point, why not? Um, so I think that'd be really interesting, too, because that's like at a lower level where they're already starting to see, you know, faster, smaller players and seeing how that, you know, comes out. And I would love to see a guy that wants to play younger guys, especially if he's worked with them before um, and like nurture them and nurture their play and, you know, kind of do the same in the NHL. I think that'd be a really interesting prospect. Um, but I don't know who in particular I would, you know, choose for that one quite yet. Yeah, I think I would be interested in that as well. I think especially like if we all go into it with tempered expectations, like the Kings do still have the same kind of roster challenges that they would have had anyway, which is that they have some contracts that are going to be near impossible to move. And they have, even though they've got a really strong development system that they believe in, they don't have a ton of like, top 10 talent in the waiting you know so there's only going to be so much improvement but at least I think um 
injecting some kind of new life, whether it's a guy's first chance at the NHL or somebody who had maybe even had a previous chance in the NHL but then spent more time, you know, in the AHL or whatever, um, or just a, another NHL coach who was let go, whatever. Um, I think, yeah, an opportunity to, who, to have someone who really wants to meet that challenge of like, all right, here's what we have. How do we get the most out of these players, um, assuming that you won't see too much roster change in terms of like – trading for talent because they just don't really have the money for it um it could be a exciting fascinating time um so i do hope they really do all their homework and bring in somebody who is ready to face that because it's not a it's yeah it's not an easy situation there are some star caliber players on this team but it's not like any of the players who have like broken into the league in the last two seasons that people are just like this is a super fast dynamo, and um, yeah, the Kings are, they don't have any of that. So it's like a, a different set of um, challenges ahead, but could be fun. It could be fun. Um, I don't know if I'm bummed that if we're that we're not going to see any aging veterans come on to the, right, like yeah. hopefully that uh, penchant has not, is not still going to be the case for uh, Luke Robitaille and... Uh, Rob Blake because yeah, don't need another old guy. Yeah, we're we're cool on those. We've they've really served their purpose. Thanks to all the ones who helped the Kings with the Stanley Cup twice. <laughs> but if we could just I mean, especially now that we have like stars who are still good but are getting older themselves. Yeah. I don't think we need to invite more um aging people. Uh no offense to older players. <laughs> <laughs> Full credit to uh, Mayor's Manor, basically, because he was kind of the one who called that there would probably be big changes coming from the Kings pretty soon, um, and he was totally right. I will mention some other things that he put into his full report um, just after the games this weekend, saying that in addition, obviously, to the change, and uh, he didn't know at the time if both Dean Lombardi and Daryl Sutter would go, but he said it was a possibility. So... He also mentioned that at least the thinking was that Gabrick would be bought out this summer. So who knows if that will continue to be the case now that there's new management in place. Um, that Gabrick will be bought out and that, Der- that Dustin Brown would likely is likely to stay in L.A. if Rob Blake became J- GM. And he is now, so Dustin Brown apparently likely to stay in L.A. Um, we, TBD on Gabrick, I guess. They've tried to trade him in the past. It hasn't worked. Nothing's materialized. If they do get a trade, he will be traded, most likely, according to this report. Um, but if not, he will be bought out to give the Kings some kind of wiggle room on that cap hit. Um, another thing that's kind of big is Matt Green is expected to retire this summer. So that was kind of surprising to me. Yeah, well, it was also surprising. We were at the game this weekend, or the one on Saturday, and we kind of forgot that Matt Green was still a player on the Kings. Yeah, technically. <laughs> Te- yeah, technically. Um, even though we haven't seen hide or hair of him in a very long time. Um, so, I mean, that kind of makes sense. He had been on, like, you know, going downhill a bit. Then, like, with the injuries, you know, it might be about time to call it. Yeah, there's – and I think that's mostly what it is for him. Like, when he was in the lineup, he would be solid, um, except maybe for this 
most recent venture, but again, he has been sidelined by injuries so much that that's not entirely surprising. Um, but he's a guy who's very well liked in LA, and so there is potential for him to stay with the Kings organization in some kind of player development capacity, um, the same way that Jared Stoll has sort of found new life with the Kings on the broadcast side, um, and I, who I think also still has potentially a chance to be involved in player development, but isn't really yet, I guess. Um, so Matt Green could still be around. He just might not be a roster player anymore and will retire from the NHL, which is, um, I mean, it's cool at least that if he is going to retire that it's with the Kings yeah. after, you know, the things that they've gone through together and whatnot. So that's pretty awesome. But, um, yeah, also just kind of like, oh, I guess maybe this is it for Matt Green. I just wasn't expecting it, even though literally on Saturday I was like, oh, right, Matt Green is still an L.A. Kings player. Let's see. Um, okay, and so the another thing is that obviously with the expansion draft come up coming up, there is questions around like who the Kings will protect. The last sort of rumor that I thought was interesting in the report from Mayor's Manor and John Hoven was um, the Kings were, will protect Derek Forbert. Um, obviously, that's not official yet. We don't know until the list comes out, but. What he has heard is that they probably will protect Eric Forbert, which is cool for Derek Forbert, but um, also raises some other questions about who, who they're not protecting. Who not yeah. going to get protected. So um, that'll be interesting to see for the Kings. Um, among all the other changes, there is also that. Uh, this offseason is going to be terrifying, actually. Yeah, yeah. Suddenly it's like, oh, wow, there's so much up in the air. Yeah, and, and, not, um, and not to put down Derek Forbert, by the way. Like, he's been he's been great. He's been fine. I didn't realize that he played, like, every single game uh, right, right. <laughs> this season. So props and kudos to him. He's been wonderful. Um, but, yeah, I'm slightly worried about some of the other players at this point, the other defense. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it a couple podcasts ago, like the with Derek for playing so consistently, does that mean trouble for someone like Braden McNabb? Um, and that is still my question. So I guess we will see how that pans out pretty soon. Uh, but a wrinkle we did not anticipate maybe when the season started, and now it looks like definitely a factor um, heading into the offseason. So... One to watch among the other stories, because there's still a couple of more, which means that, you know, part of the mess that um, Rob Blake is inheriting fully is that there are also some guys who are not no longer under contract. Tyler Toffoli and Tanner Pearson were both on bridge contracts, which are now up. They are RFAs. So the Kings, you know, because they're RFAs, the Kings don't have to act immediately necessarily. But it still means they got to find money for those dudes um, heading into next season and decide on term and stuff like that. So that is another big question mark for the new management. Is it, though? Like, I feel like those two at least aren't question marks, right? Like, they've got to sign them back. Well, I mean, I feel like they're not question marks in terms of the Kings wanting them back. But I think they're question marks in terms of if the Kings can't move Dustin Brown or don't if something goes wrong with them trying to deal with Marion Gabrick, I think it's more of a question of money rather than um, desire, I guess, with those two. Like, I could see one of them at least definitely coming back, but I don't know if the Kings will have money to bring both of them back for what they probably are worth. Like, in a way, it could be useful that Tyler Toffoli kind of had a down season, but Tanner Pearson had, like, a really great season for him. So that kind of complicates things, I think. Yeah, and, like, during the season, there were, you know, Tanner Pearson, both of them were having talks about their contracts, and the one that I was constantly hearing about was Tanner Pearson, and that 
just like not, not that they weren't going well, but they hadn't really reached an agreement there. So that one, uh, it makes me nervous or is like the most up in the air for me. Like, I'd like to think that they would keep Taylor to Foley around. That would be their priority out of the two. Um, so that'll be interesting to see what happens going forward with those two. Yeah. I think if I had to, my guess, like at the start of the season, was that they would keep DeFoley and Tanner Pearson probably would not be kept. Not because he's not, they don't want him or anything, but be, I just thought the money wouldn't work out. Um, but now the point totals have kind of complicated that. So I am curious to see. Like, I still would think DeFoley would be the priority for the Kings, but I am. It's going to be kind of interesting to see how those talks develop, if they're able to keep both of them. Maybe they can, like it could be possible, but um, I don't think it's guaranteed at this point. And it's going to be a, a little tough because they've got, you know, some things to juggle. I mean, there are other a couple other RFAs that are lower priority, Nick Shore, Kevin Gravel. Um, but yeah, so, so some things to consider, though, for the Kings on top of everything else they have going on right now. <laughs> right. So... There is a press conference Tuesday at 1 p.m. Um, we're recording this Monday night. So there will be a little bit more information. The AEG CEO, Dan Beckerman, is supposed to speak, as well as um, Rob Blake and Luke Robitaille. So we will get some more information. I guess the report is that they will probably talk about their timeline for figuring out coaching, but they won't announce who the new coach is tomorrow. So um, we might have to wait a little bit longer for that one, which it makes me think maybe they are going to go outside uh, or maybe not. I don't know. Well, I guess we'll find out depending on what they say about what their timeline is. Um, so um, that will we'll at least have more information on it, though, tomorrow for that. At, so that's good. At this point, I have no idea what they're going to do because all of a sudden they were like, oh, we've got a big announcement. And so we all stuck around and paid right, attention. Yeah. And then this happened. And, like, there had been whispers and things like that. But usually – there's a bit more of a concrete, like, hey, this is going to be the end. We're just waiting for the, you know, actual official announcement of it. But this, I feel like, came pretty sudden, uh, like the two of them together being booted and just all of this change happening. So, yeah, who knows what's going to happen tomorrow, really? I know, yeah. Maybe they will announce coach, like, a new coach, and it's like, oh, oh well, okay. <laughs> I guess the Kings are set. Someone's a real good season. secret keeper then, because right? yeah. really kept in the dark here. Oh, man. But so I'm I'm curious to see what they say tomorrow, and what even if they do just talk about what the timeline is for selecting a new coach or give information on what they're looking for, someone completely new or trying to move up someone in the system, like... I'm excited about clarification and also just to hear what Luke Robitaille has to say. I mean, there was some rumors. Well, there are a couple of rumors. There were rumors that Sutter and Lombardi's relationship had deteriorated a little bit. And then also independently from that, a few months ago, I remember hearing that um, there might have been some tension between Luke Robitaille and Dean Lombardi and at least the direction of the Kings and stuff. And clearly there was some unrest with the upper you know management the people who own the team the guys in charge ag clearly not totally happy so very curious to see what the messaging is going forward um that'll be fascinating as well yeah lots happening so i thought that we were going to be done with you know the kings after uh sunday's game being like all right well now it's time for the playoffs let's focus on everything else but no the kings are still weaseling their way in there um making <laughs> right, sure yeah. everyone's talking about them <laughs> Getting some news in there, staying in the cycle, 
They never go out too quietly. Yep. I'm most bummed that I won't get to see Chris Sutter on the dance cam anymore. That was always delightful. Yeah. Um, so that, you know, all the tangential stuff is a bummer. I know. I really liked, um, yeah, I really liked Daryl Sutter's family and, like, that part, all of that I'm going to miss. Um, including, like, you know, we went to the last home game on Saturday and Chris Sutter did his dance and also had to valiantly try to block out a Chicago Blackhawks fan who was determined to be on camera for some reason. Yeah, pro- uh, um, props to Jay, props to Jay Flats for literally pushing this man out of frame. <laughs> and you could see him wildly being like, Dude, this is the coach's son. Like, I know you don't understand what's going on here, but this is not your time to wave <laughs> the, like, the uh, Blackhawks jersey behind him. Like, no, 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 no. This is not. It's not now. You can't do this. Oh, man. And I think also, I guess, be, you know, before all of this new stuff happened, it was just an opportunity for Kings fans to reflect on and be thankful for Bob Miller, who is also... Um, leaving, obviously, that we did know was coming, but it's just, like, another thing that is changing (laughs) about the Kings franchise next season. Just so much new stuff. Um, But it it was ended up being, like, the game itself was kind of lackluster, and you could kind of feel the energy's gone, like, they don't really have anything to play for, necessarily. But then they still managed to make it very dramatic at the end, in true Kings fashion. Oh, my gosh. It was... That was a wild ride. So for a majority of the game, it was just like, oh, this is garbage. This is agony. Why would you do this? Um, They had some really bad bounces and bad luck in front of the net, uh, which was crazy. Near the end of the game, when the Kings were down one, uh, they announced, you know, this is the last minute and 15 seconds that Bob Miller's ever going to announce. So get on your feet. Let's cheer. Let's send them out you know, with a a big standing ovation. I was like, that's lovely. But also, what if we're all standing and the Blackhawks suddenly score a goal? Because that's going to be terrible. But no, Dustin Brown saves the day and ties it up. Yeah, it was kind of amazing. Because the goal that the Blackhawks had scored a few minutes before that, too, was like just a breakdown. It, It was kind of... Not entirely Dustin Brown's fault, but kind of started with his decision to, instead of getting a puck immediately out of the zone, bring it deeper to try to get it to another Kings player who could eventually get it out. Um, But that didn't work out so well, and eventually, like, the puck stayed in the zone and then led to some, you know, very fancy passing by some of Chicago's top players, and they get this go-ahead goal. Um, and I'm like, all right, that the Kings have had terrible luck. And then, of course, the Blackhawks end up with essentially turns into an open net opportunity because of some passing. Um, and it's really unfortunate. So it was like also instead of adding to the sadness, like you said, by all of us being on our feet and then maybe <laughs> the Blackhawks scoring again, Dustin Brown also gets the opportunity to kind of redeem himself by being the last person to touch that puck and put it into the net. Um, and I think even just that, you know, collection of players, it was, I believe it was Carter to Kopitar to Dustin Brown yeah. um, to make that goal happen, was just amazingly perfect and happened so late in the game to force overtime. Um, and it was crazy because even the team seemed pretty calm for most of the game. And then all of a sudden we're extremely hype <laughs> about this game. Oh, so happy. So I was glad for them to not have let Bob Miller down. And it, it, then it was like, even if they lose... 
in overtime or something like that. At least they gave Bob Miller an opportunity to call this one last pretty exciting that last play. moment. And like he was, he <laughs> yeah. was picture on picture on TV and on the jumbotron. We all saw him get so amped and stand up and cheer. And I was like, yes, this is beautiful. Now, and we said we were like we were high on happiness and we sat down and they announced that there was going to be overtime and we're like, Oh no, (laughs) there's going to be overtime. (laughs) We have to deal with these emotions now. Um, and I thought it was going to be like the, I thought we were going to have to sit through an entire overtime and see how this was going to go. But luckily, uh, the Kings came through and won it for Bob. We only had to see like one Blackhawks scoring chance before the Kings brought it back. (laughs) So yeah, it was awesome. It turned out it turned out really great. And you know, I just never get tired of watching the Chicago Blackhawks lose. So <laughs> it felt really wonderful in a lot of ways. Like I was kind of upset that the last Kings home game with Bob Miller was a Blackhawks game, but at least it turned out that way. Yeah. <laughs> so that was nice. That was nice. And the entire day was just it was just really nice. Like there was a ton of cheers for Bob, a bunch of standing ovations, some really lovely videos. Um, and just general cheering and joy and merriment for him. And I thought that was wonderful. Also, Vin Scully uh, getting on the Jumbotron, being essentially being like, hey, do you guys want, do you want to have like dude dates with me and we can yeah, talk about right. stuff? It was real lovely. Some cool retiree dates. Yep. It was very nice. Um, yeah, it was exciting. If only we had known it was also a goodbye to Daryl Sutter and Dean Lombardi at the time. Yeah, if only. Um, we did not what they did play a ton of like it was kind of I mean we've all seen the clips and stuff from the championship wins but I I felt kind of emotional during times watching the clips and stuff on Saturday because of Bob Miller but also just because I feel like it's it's been long enough now since both of those wins that I can have that sort of long lens of like just thinking about it being awesome and there's no lingering stress yeah. or anything like that. There's there's no, like, um, exhaustion, like, that we had to sit through the entire season plus the entirety of the playoffs and all of that, like, uh, anxiety. And now we're celebrating a cup. It's like, oh, well, we've stepped back. Like, we have the, the fondness and the nostalgia and the, the hype. And it's, yeah, definitely got a little, like... Why am I? Why am I getting a little teary? Who's chopping onions in here? <laughs> it's been literal years. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just felt really sentimental about it for you know at different times, and I think also too, especially contrasting with this season, which was frustrating and then had no payoff. Um, it was kind of like remember how great it was. <laughs> Back in the day. Like, remember uh, when everyone decided, hey, let's just meet the team at the airport. And it was not planned. None of it was just like social media being like, hey, let's do. Yeah, let's do this. And then thousands of people showed up in an airport to cheer people on. Ugh. So now we have all summer to kind of work through our feelings about that era of the Kings, the championship era, and hope that. They have put the right people in place to get them on track to getting back into contention. Um, and we will see. I don't think it's going to be easy. And it might continue to be a little frustrating for a while. But I think it will be interesting next season. Because um, even from like a stats perspective, like, you know, we're so used to the Kings being like top possession team, etc. Um, that could change. They might not be anymore. And But at the same time, a lot of people have theorized that 
the way that they maintain possession and the way that they cycle and stuff kind of suppresses their scoring. So we will see how true that is. Like, what you know, if all of a sudden the Kings have more offense, even with essentially the same or a very similar cast of characters, um, could be a wild ride <laughs> next season uh, with a lot more ups and downs. I'm excited, but also nervous. Yeah, same. I mean, I think as long as we all have reasonable expectations and especially don't expect a Stanley Cup winning team within a season of huge changes, then it, it's going to be all yeah, right. What are we, the Oilers? I never, oh, God. <laughs> Ugh, stop. Um, <laughs> just expect growing pains is, is all I'm saying, is that as long as we have that in mind, yeah, I same. think we're going to be all right. Okay, so we have, I guess, you know, before we wrap this up, since mostly what we're here to talk about is the Kings, but... Round one of the playoffs is officially set. Any We talked about playoffs already a little bit and not a lot of this change. So are there any new thoughts or things for round one? Who are you rooting for? Anything change for you? Um, Nothing really. I think the only significant thing that I'm thinking of right now is how, much, how little I care about, say, the Senators-Bruins matchup. Like, don't care at all. <laughs> I will say that an update from last week when I was like, am I rooting for the Washington Capitals? We just don't know. <laughs> um, the report is that Zach Rorensky has been skating on his own and is likely to play in the series against the Penguins. So the Washington Capitals can continue to have my support. I know they were really waiting <laughs> they for They really were. <laughs> Uh, another thing that sealed the deal for that one was Justin Williams' beautiful face being on the Gemmatron, wishing yeah. Bob Miller all the best, uh, which was – there were – I think that that got one of the loudest cheers was <laughs> Justin Williams' video, and I put my hands to my heart, so um, – I think Same. somehow Stanley. it was the most surprising clip for all. Like, I, for some reason, none of us were expecting Justin Williams to appear on the screen at any point, uh, even though that's, I mean, of all of the, like, recent Kings alums, he's probably the most accessible because he's still playing. <laughs> like, it's, I don't know, it was just wild to see him. And people were like, oh, my God, I'm very happy <laughs> Everyone about Justin Williams. so excited. Was like saying, it was just relate. like a big, like, <laughs> yeah. aww. Oh, man. So, yeah, back to hoping the best for the Capitals, especially because if they do win the Stanley Cup, it means that Justin Williams will have more Stanley Cup rings than um, all the most winning Chicago Blackhawks players, which is just a nice bonus for me. So let's make it happen. Let's keep that going. This is uh, the Thanks Bud podcast that's also the uh, Let's Have Everything Bad Happen to the Blackhawks podcast. It's true. I don't hide it at all. (laughs) I'm very adamant about it. Hilarious. Um, okay, so, okay, quick run through, because since last time we talked a little bit about who we would want to see, let's go through really quick and just say who you think will win round one, even if you don't necessarily want them to. All right. So, Chicago, Nashville. Ugh, I think Chicago will win. I do not want them to win, but I think Chicago yeah, me too. will win. Um, Minnesota versus St. Louis. Ooh, this is the West Coast one that I don't really care about. Um, I'm going to say Minnesota. I will say Minnesota, too. I actually don't know what the answer – what I think the true answer is here. But I am – I think Minnesota's pretty good. I like Bruce Rudrow, so I'm hoping for the best for him. So I will say Minnesota as well. Edmonton versus the Sharks. Meteor? Can I vote for the Meteor? Yeah, right? That would be ideal. Uh, I want the Oilers to win. 
I want the Oilers to lose, but I think they will win because they are healthier. And um, not only that, but the people that San Jose has lost recently are like pretty big blows. So you don't have Joe Thornton. Um, Couture, I guess, might come back, but uh, who knows exactly what state he will be in. Though I think it's just like his face that's hurt. So he might be fine. Um, And they were kind of bad down the stretch, so we'll see if they can turn it around. I kind of think Edmonton will can take advantage of some of their wobbling um, and make it to the second round, unfortunately for me. <laughs> um, Calgary and Anaheim. Calgary, for sure. I, uh, now I'm, I, I keep saying who I want to win. I want Calgary to win for sure, but I think Anaheim might win. Yeah, I want Calgary to win, but I think Anaheim will win um, but I would be so joyful if Calgary did win. Uh, let's see. Although Anaheim apparently, like, Mark Giordano took out Cam Fowler. So Anaheim a little weakened there. It might not be a big deal overall, but a factor. Let's go to the East Coast. Uh, Rangers versus the Canadians. Yeah. I think, I think, I guess I'll say Rangers. I don't really know. I think I'll say Rangers, though. Why I not? want the Rangers to win um, this one, I think. Uh, so I'm gonna well, Dwight King. That's true. And and the Canadians are first in that division, so I don't know. Ugh, I'm just gonna go for Rangers. Yeah, yeah, that's tough. I mean, Claude Julien is probably the better coach, right? Um, he's done pretty well with Montreal so far, but yeah, I, I, I'll say Rangers. Why not? <laughs> I'm kind of mad at Montreal. They had like Galchaniak on the fourth line recently, so whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Boston versus Ottawa. Uh, I'm going Boston. Yeah, I think Boston, too. Um, Washington versus Toronto. I am so excited for this series, by the way. I <laughs> yeah, am I think it'll so be the most exciting amped series. for this series. It's unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. Like, I want and think that the Capitals will win, but this series mm-hmm. is going to be delicious. Yeah, yeah. I think it'll be really fast. Um, there's so many like younger players that it's like who are you know their first time in the NHL playoffs. Like it's it's gonna be pretty great, I think. Oh yeah, it's gonna be awesome. And also like the Washington Capitals. Like I feel like during the season people forget how brutal this team is, but they are a brutal team, especially when they get to the playoffs. They are very rough. Yeah. Um. So I think there will be a lot of angry fans also, especially from the Leafs people because. That's how they are, and I am so excited for it's that drama. Great. I'm so excited for that one. Um, and then I'm also excited for the next one, which is the Pittsburgh Penguins versus the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah. Who do you think is going to win that one? I think the Penguins are going to win. I mean, I want the Blue Jackets to win, but I think that the, uh, the Penguins are going to win. Yeah. I think the Penguins will win as well. I think the Blue Jackets can make it pretty close. Like, I think even that, you know, one previous series that they had against each other, the Blue Jackets are really good at getting under the Penguins' skin. Um, So they can make it really interesting, but I do think the Penguins will be, you know, pull out on top. Yeah. So uh, this is going to be exciting. So it starts on Wednesday, and I... I'm going to be watching and not being worried about what's going on, what the Kings are doing, except for, you know, (laughs) coaching changes. Except for worried in other ways. Contracts, uh, so on and so (laughs) forth. All that usual stuff. But at least for the playoffs, we'll be pretty, pretty relaxed. All right. Well, yeah, that's what we got for now. Um, We are all, we're just still reeling from all the big news, just like you guys. And um, 
we may continue to record, I guess, through the playoffs. We'll see how we feel about it as things go on. We're open to it. So we might be back for more. We don't know yet. <laughs> um, but until then, until that possible time, be good to each other. Take care of yourselves. And we will talk to you next time, folks. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys.